Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Instech podcast. This week, we're talking to the folks at Eigen Technologies. I've got with me Chris Mullen, who's the head of product. Hello, Chris. Hey, Robin. And Tim Crow, He's the director of insurance. Hi, Tim. Hi, Robin. Great to be here. Where are you speaking from? That's clearly an accent we all recognize. Yes, I'm, I'm speaking from America, not far outside of New York City. Let's talk about Eigen Technologies. It's a company we've known at Instech for a couple of years. You've been members and supporters of ours, which we're very grateful for. But bring everybody up to date, Chris. Give us a little bit about the history of, of Eigen and, and where you are today. Sure thing. So we're an AI company that was founded in 2015. So we're entering our eighth year. And in simple terms, what we try and do is make data useful for customers. The kind of thesis behind Eigen is about 80-90% of all the data stuff people want to use is trapped inside documents, be that contracts, emails, invoices, reports, whatever. And this means that people are trying to drive businesses and make decisions with about 90% of the stuff that would be useful to make that decision not being used. So Eigen's founded on this principle of how do we use technology to extract that useful stuff out of the documents? We moved into insurance about four years ago. It's our fastest growing sector. Both Tim and I have been recruited in from the industry, you know, long histories in insurance to increase our knowledge, experience and dedication to the sector. Chris, what were you doing before you uh, joined Eigen? I've, I've worn many hats. The one I can never get rid of is I'm an actuary. You know, that's how I started off in insurance, manning the spreadsheets, running the numbers, learning the math, all that good stuff. Yeah, through that, I ended up falling into the hole of consultancy, spent about seven years at Monitor Deloitte, had a great fun time doing strategy and AI and all that good fun stuff. And yeah, chose to make the leap into startup land. Tim, what were your antecedents before? You're obviously an insurance man. What were you doing particularly? Oh, I was an underwriter by trade. So most recently, Canopius focused on marine lines. Predominantly marine is, is my history, but there was upstream energy, midstream energy, complex casualty across a number of different companies. Well, no hanging around these days for the InStep podcast straight in there. And I get a week off as Robin Mertens picks up the microphone. Well, welcome back. Or if it's your first time and you're wondering what is keeping us all busy at InStep London and who we are, and more importantly, how we can help you, then head over to www.instec.com or you can contact Robin Mertens or myself, Matthew Grant, on LinkedIn. Better still, tell us what you think of this week's episode with a LinkedIn post or comment to either of us. That's it. Back to Robin. So specifically, Chris told us that you do work with the insurance industry and you've been in it for three or four years. What are the highlights? What is it you do particularly for insurance? Where do you get most of your work? We span functions and types of businesses. So we deal with carriers, we deal with brokers, MGAs, certainly claims uses, compliance with sanctions checks, which is something that we're very excited about. But to me, the big opportunity, and I, you know, also it's a function of what I did professionally, is, is just the underwriting process the submissions process in particular, so that that email receipt up until quote and bind, how do you make that quicker? How do you make it smarter? How do you make it better? And we feel that the issue there and the issue that's always been there is, is the ingestion that Chris mentioned before. So how do you pull the material information out of a varied amount of documents and then send it to whatever endpoint, whatever way the client wants? And we've seen a lot of variety there, which is fine. But the focus for us is always the extraction. So where we can partner with someone who does a workbench or something along those lines, and that's sort of their cup of tea, we'd love to partner and able to make a much more compelling solution together. Yeah, I think the problem that we try and solve, which is there's really useful stuff trapped in documents, is right across the insurance value chain. 
It's in brokers, it's in MGAs, it's in the carriers, it's in the submissions, it's in the claims, it's in the compliance, it's in the legal. So we kind of try and find the most valuable ways to deploy the technology wherever wherever that problem lies. Are you allowed to say who your clients are? I mean, the insurance industry is terribly bad at allowing people to sort of talk publicly, but, but have you any that you can mention on the podcast? You're going to be frustrated with the answer because it's, it's the same one you hear week after week on stage and on air, which is we really struggle to be allowed to talk about who we are. But like I did mention, it's people in Europe, North America, London, it's carriers, managing agents, reinsurers, we work with market infrastructure, firms with 30,000 people. Now, you don't need to persuade me about Eigen Technologies and the function you fulfil. And perhaps I could sort of move the debate on a little bit because I've been around long enough to see plenty of companies that do what you do come and go. Quite a lot of them from outside insurance with a limited understanding, perhaps, of the complexities of the, of the business. Nearly everybody would understand the power of extracting data, being able to reuse that data, of getting insights from that data. But I'm intrigued to know, now that you've been in it four years, why is this so difficult? Why have people come and gone? Why is there a sort of scar tissue around this space in the industry, do you think? Well, you you mentioned it there a bit, and I think it's the assumption of simplicity. I think people don't grasp just how difficult a technical challenge this industry, this sort of solution, you know, whatever form it takes, how difficult it is. I think for outsiders, and this is outsiders of insurance, it's outsiders of machine learning too. When you're outside those worlds, you have this mistaken idea of homogeneity. So if you solve a problem for a retail client with a very structured document, that is completely different from what we see in the specialty world, the types of documents, the complexities. So to make that leap from the example I gave to the more complicated ones, it's just a dramatic leap forward and it's a substantially harder. So you need different tools. You need a different sort of approach to handle the very, very complex problems that pop up in specialty. And in my mind, it's, it's effectively the pinnacle in difficulty in the IDP space. Yeah, I think the other thing, Robin, is that people misunderstand things that are easy for computers versus things that are easy for humans. And that's because a lot of the things that humans find difficult, computers find easy, and they think that if a human finds it easy, a computer should. And, you know, as humans, we've been using pieces of paper for 4,000 years. We can read these complex documents and interpret them. And that's actually very, very difficult to teach a computer how to read a several hundred page complex, bespoke, negotiated insurance contract to understand what's in there to be able to represent that somewhere else. You wouldn't be here talking to us now if you hadn't cracked this challenge. So over the five years, what's changed or changing? I mean, is the technology better, do you think? I think it's evolved. I don't think it's fundamentally made a leap. I think it's just evolved. Five years ago, we wouldn't have been taking on the task of, to, of trying to deliver MLC extractions for the entire market, for example. Three things, I think, have really driven the ability to, to meet that challenge today. One is technology is always incrementally improving. Every week, there's a new paper. People might be getting excited about chat GPT right now. But, you know, pretty much every month, there's some incremental improvement in the underlying technology. And we always make sure we're top of the tree in terms of accuracy. Second, I think, Eigen in particular, our engagement with insurance has really grown over the past couple of years. And it's to Tim's point around that homogeneity. It's the exposure to the diversity of the problems or the diversity of the documents that's made our model better able to attack, attack the insurance problems. 
And also we've we've learned to go beyond just the words, right? I think, you know, words make up a lot of a document, but there's more in a document than just words. There's tables, there's graphs, there's all this other stuff. So making sure that we can go after 100% of the document has been in, enabled by incremental improvements in, in technology. That's the first test, it seems to me, that you give anybody. Give them a few schedules attached. Where are my locations? See schedule. And then that pulls down most of these solutions one way or another. Yeah. Now, look, this is an acronym-free zone. You have to tell the world what an MRC is. Sorry, MRC, market reform contract. So the typical way these large bespoke commercial insurance contracts get written down is called the market reform contract. And it's supposed to be a standard, but it's the least standardized standard anyone will ever meet. I, I can see that the technology is getting better. I think understanding is getting better. But at the risk of being provocative to the listeners, how do you find the insurance industry to work with? Oh, are they part of the problem? Yeah, I'm a bit biased defending the industry just coming from it because I think I saw the sort of overpromising of vendors and the failure to deliver for over a decade. So I, I think the skepticism of the industry makes a lot of sense. I think, frankly, especially in this space, as you mentioned before, the idea that there are vendors that come in and purport to do things that they functionally cannot do. So for an in insurance industry participant to be skeptical about that, I think that that's natural and I think that's warranted. So frankly, for a company like Eigen to come in and offer a solution, first of all, it's got to be compelling. It's got to solve the actual problem and it's got to be technically able to deliver that. So those, those are those are difficult challenges. And, and the first one that I mentioned is predicated on having people in the company that actually understand the space. So I think early on, we saw some companies... Um, some supposed insure techs and related that, frankly, I think they thought they were smarter than insurance industry participants and brokers and underwriters, and they figured we don't need those folks. We can just do it ourselves. Without understanding the problem, without understanding the industry, without understanding the verbiage, you can't tackle these problems. And you'll end up designing things that don't work and, and don't fix how business is transacted in these spaces. Well said. Yeah, but I think there is something in the industry, right? So I don't think it's unfair that parts of the industry are a bit slow, a bit laggard. Look, five years ago, trying to talk to an insurer about using the cloud was a really hard slog, right? That was really difficult. It's definitely come a lot further along these days. You know, in our interactions with the market, we see kind of buckets of firms. We see the kind of still unencumbered new entrants who don't care about the legacy and really want to kind of move things forward. Typically, because they're a bit newer, they don't have a big, horrible old system to deal with. And they get it want to be data-driven, want to use the best of technology and, and move forward. Then there's this a really interesting class of, of people to work with is the, the ones who do come from a big legacy business, but the actual company has brought into the need to move and change and try and use more of this stuff. And we, we know, we've worked in industry about how hard it is to move these massive cargo ships of, of large incumbents, but they are trying to turn the wheel. And they're also really great to work with. But there is still a rump, a solid rump of... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It works. It's too costly. It's too much hassle to try and change it. So let's just keep going until it's really existential. And I think there's definitely a camp of that within the industry that's bringing the average down. Chris, I agree. If I had to play devil's advocate, just back to Robin's original question. So if there is a complaint um, among the people we speak to, I think there's an expectation for perfection and extractions. I think people think if it's not 100%, it's not worth implementing, which all the studies we've done, all the reports we've done, that's not the case. I mean, in reality, you can get tremendous gains from even much lower accuracy levels if the interaction with the system is better than what you're doing presently. So if anything, that's sort of the educational piece where 
the first time a system fails, we'll see there it fails. It's just like all the other ones. And I think that, if anything, that's the one sort of education piece that's important. It really rings true with me, that kind of expecting of perfection. I, having built a platform myself and having put myself through the hell which was procurement in those days, we were always asked to have levels of security on our system, which was far, far greater than any of our customers ever had. And it always seemed terribly unfair that that was the standard they set, and yet they couldn't meet those standards themselves. To make up for the sins of vendors of the past, to do uh, that much better than the mistakes that they may have done. That's the way I view it. That's a nice link, because talking of the mistakes of vendors past, AI is one of those that is front and central in the products of those who've overpromised. There's a lot of nonsense about what's AI and machine learning. And it seems to me that if you want to lead with AI, as you do, it's got to be good and you've got to be able to overcome that sort of scepticism which goes with, with AI. Are you able to lead from the front with that sort of stuff? Yeah, look, it, it's a double-edged sword, like you said, right? Because it, it does reflect the technology we have. It does represent what we're trying to do. But it is a overused and overabused term. There was certainly a period in life where if you wrote a complicated macro in a spreadsheet and called it AI, you'd get 10 million of funding. And so, yeah, it's a double-edged sword, but it does reflect what we do. This is built on millions of documents, a very complicated model that produces output, which you would expect a human to do. And that's that's how I think of AI. It's, it doesn't really matter what the underlying technology is. It could be a bunch of if statements. It's the behavior. Is this the kind of thing we might expect a human to be doing previously? And there is skepticism. And to Tim's point, there's also that education piece about people read in the news about chat GPTs can pass the bar exam. So why can't you get 100% extraction? But back to those groups, there are people who do get it and live in this world and been exposed enough to it to understand the nuance. And the people who see AI as a buzzword are kind of stuck at that level. So how good can AI become in a technology like yours? Now you're extracting and you're providing certain um, quality insights. But you know, where does this end? How much of the insurance value chain can you cover or can AI cover generally? So I think there's a natural limit in terms of how far this can go, because we can never replace the experts. We can never replace the underwriter and the actuaries. And so that produces certain limits on how far technology can ever get there. Humans will always be the best at that real intuition, heuristics, understanding the market, hearing the whispers in the pub about what's really going on. I think the, the aim of technology and insurance should be how to make all the other crap go away so that the humans focus on what's, what they're really, really good at. Tim, anything to add? Yeah, I would just say from the underwriting perspective, that's exactly how we, we approach the problem, certainly. And putting on my old underwriter hat, there were so many parts of the day that weren't underwriting. And, and it became the majority, and that was some of the motivation for, frankly, joining Eigen. The idea that these onerous sanctions checks and putting things into three or four different raters to comfort the actuaries and comfort London, if you report in there, and comfort yourself to make sure matches up with you what you want to charge eventually you just your day just became re, a rekeying exercise and and to me as much as ai or whatever you want to call it, whatever the name du jour is can take those sort of onerous tasks off the experts desk so they can focus on what they do best that's what we always keep in mind when we design anything we've talked a bit about market reform contracts i sense the conversations have been a little bit sort of london market focused to date are the issues the same in the US, Tim? Is there any? Does it change the, the nature of the tasks that Eigen had to perform in any way? Well, fundamentally, it's the same problem. 
right? It's how do you get data out of documents? That that's that's certainly the a truth. But you know, we Americans do things always a little bit differently. There's always a few quirks. Chris likes to joke about you know what's the temperature in Fahrenheit all the time. And then I have to do that quick calculation to prove my math abilities and just how difficult we do things here. But functionally, the idea that you can service the London market and service the the American market and the global market, frankly, risk is going to find capital wherever it lies. So for us to be able to be a solutions provider, we have to understand those different markets. That's just, that's blocking and tackling, frankly. So I look at what's happening in the world of Bordereau management, and I think the more tools that come along to manage spreadsheets, in a way, it encourages the continuous use of spreadsheets because you now have technology that manages them, whereas what you really want to see is data digital at the beginning and in the middle and at the end. Will you all get done out of a job at some point? When we go digital end-to-end, why will we need any extraction tools? Yeah, I think, look, as as an actuary who spent the first, I don't know, 10 years of my life only in spreadsheets, I don't think they're going anywhere. I joined a firm at one point that was trying to start day zero, no Excel, no Microsoft, tried to get everyone to switch over, and within six months, the spreadsheets just started popping up. People will always use the tool they're used to, and providers and technology should meet the customer where they are. So I think that's that's never going away. But I think the broader point of if we do start seeing much more digitization across across insurance, what does that mean for our technology? I think, frankly, all we're doing is we'll be pushing the problem closer and closer to the original customer. So at the moment, a lot of this reform and digitization is all about where broker meets underwriter and what underwriter does after that. If that bit gets fixed, it'll be about how does the broker prepare everything for this digital world? How does it take documents from the, the, the customer, the client? And if that magically gets fixed, it'll be how does the client prepare the data digitally for the broker to pass to the underwriter to go through the chain? So like I said, documents is how humans have transferred knowledge for 4,000 years. It's a very robust product. Nothing's going to completely displace it. We might just be displacing the problem further down the chain. And in the event that that problem is displaced, personally, I would just probably become an underwriter again, as it would be a much more enjoyable experience, frankly. That's... That's really funny. I started my sort of personal war against unstructured data and, and spreadsheets about 21 years ago. And if you said to me that I, they would still be omnipresent when I retired 22 years later, I probably would have ended it a long time ago. With that in mind, I look at the trading platforms and exactly picking up on your point, Chris, these things aren't going to go away. There is trading technology. It was built by people like me 20 years ago, on the assumption that people would send in digital information and take out digital information. And in fact, they send in PDFs and provide people like you with an, you know, an important role to play as they take out of those PDFs what it is they want. Isn't there some real value in the future to some closer association between the trading platforms and, the, and companies like yours? Look, 100%, and we're actively working with with lots of people who, who think that way. We want to bridge that gap and make the trading platforms much more efficient. I think ultimately, whilst we'll see some more digitization in more easy to structure and deal with classes, ultimately, this market exists because of very bespoke, very complex risks where every single one's different. And that is very hard for technology to universally solve. Yes, we can get better at some bits of it, but fundamentally, we are talking about one-to-one negotiated contracts, very complex real-world risks 
that change by the week at the moment. So it'll always be a place for how do we bridge those two worlds, which is what we try and do. But we're also trying to empower today's platforms to, to, to get there faster. That was really good fun. Sorry to be so provocative at times, but you probably weren't expecting anything else. We're great admirers of what Eigen Technologies does. Thank you both for joining me and, and to you and your colleagues for all your support over the last couple of years. And we hope to continue to work together for many years to come. Thank you both. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Robert. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you want to find out more about what we're up to at Instec or how can we help you, whether you're a technology company looking for help sharing your stories or an insurance organization looking to find out what's going on in the world, come along to www.instec.co or contact Robin Mertens or myself, Matthew Grant, on LinkedIn or hello at instec.co. That's it. We're done.